You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday. We are back and doing it. And since it's Thursday, you know what that means. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And since it is Thursday, it is time to get into the Michigan mailbag. Uh, so let's start with our leaders and best. It's a light group compared to normal. I'm assuming holidays have played a part in that or maybe me sending out the tweet at like 7 p.m. Um, thanks to it being early signing day. But let's start with James Curtis at James Curtis 6. How long would you give Jaden Davis before you start legitimately pursuing other quarterbacks? Uh, I would say probably about February ish. One of the things that I meant to mention in, in yesterday's, uh, early signing day spectacular that I didn't. And I, once I got done recording and it uploaded, I was like, Oh, I totally forgot to mention this. You absolutely have to have it. especially if, if you are, if you, if you have a situation like Michigan, where you've got a lot of developmental type guys now. I, I was fired up hearing Jim Harbaugh talk about the class, talking about guys like Breon Ishmael said, hey, he's young. If you got, you know, if he was around for, you know, if he, he, he could be in high school for another year. And if he was, he probably would be a four star or five star. Okay. That's good. And, you know, he likened, you know, Rod Moore as being one of those guys that was young. And if he had more time in high school, he would have been a five star. Uh, maybe, maybe so. But you absolutely have to have, a stud quarterback. Um, I, I think that's that's a big part of where Michigan's going to find success, especially when you have a lot of developmental guys, because you have a guy that can lead you as you are developing some of the others. Um, you have to have at least a balance there. So I think that you, you give him until February, and I'm not saying you give up on him if he hasn't committed by February, but I I think that unless you kind of have some assurances, silent commitment or something like that, which only means so much and all, but I think then at that point you have to start trying to, uh, you have to start at least looking at other options because you don't want to be high and dry for a second straight year. No offense to any of the other guys that they have on that roster, but when JJ McCarthy's gone, you need to be able to match kind with kind, I think. So we have no Josh Barr, no, uh, brother in metal, Michael Wolf. Move on to Jimmy Whitner. Jimmy Whitner won. How are the new scoreboards looking at the big house? Uh, so far, there are no new scoreboards. It's just they've taken the shells off the uh, ones that have been there. So it's just you see a bunch of metal erector set type scenario in there. Uh, what are your keys to the game against TCU? Uh, it's multiple, obviously. On defense, I think that you need to do everything you can to stop the run. I think that uh, that TCU is really balanced. I think that people think about them as being pass heavy, but they have a running back that ran for 1,400 yards, right? So you have to be able to stop that and try to make TCU one-dimensional. That is absolutely what you got to do. But, I mean, that's what they were able to do to some degree against Ohio State. Now, Ohio State had some success running the ball, but not nearly what, you know, what, uh, what they were hoping for, of course. And uh, so I think that that's the main thing is making them one dimensional on offense and then rely on your secondary. Now, the thing about it is Michigan is. It doesn't have the top pass defense that they have faced. Iowa State does, but.
But as we said earlier in the in last week, Iowa State, you know, that last game of the year, they weren't making a bowl game. They had all but given up at that point. So, I mean, they got throttled. So you hope that it isn't that TCU is just that explosive. Obviously, Kansas State proved that to be a different scenario. On the other side of the ball, if you're Michigan, take what they give you, right? Just like Ohio State. They try to take away the run, throw it over them. They try to take away the pass then and go or stay in the 3-3-5. Well, then run the ball all over them. Don't get stodgy. Be aggressive and go from there. Um, Number three, overall thoughts on the incoming class, including the transfers. I went over the, the main class uh, on Wednesday's episode, so I'll, I'll mention that in kind of an overview with the, with the transfers. I think it's a good, not great class, right? Like, I think that it's, I mean, it has the potential of being pretty amazing if they reel in Jamel Howard and uh, Nicholas Harbor, maybe one other uh, late addition. I don't know who they would go for. Uh, Transfer-wise, so far, so great. I mean, it's they've done better than anyone in the countries thus far. They don't seem like they're done. If they're able to, Tony Grimes ended up committing to Texas A&M today. But if they're able to go and get a guy like Fentrell Cypress, which I know he's turning to Ohio State, but there's other options out there uh, that they certainly uh, are interested in. And I think the two complement each other, and I think that's important, right? Um, even though, in a way, like a lot of the guys they have, you think of them as more of a supplement to, say, like the 2019 or the 2020 class, uh, ultimately. But I think the difference is, is these are guys that are already at least partially developed, you know, and that helps. And you have some depth pieces. You have guys that can contribute right away. I'm really excited about A.J. Barner. Uh, and then as far as the recruiting class, I mean, I think Carmelo English can be a guy that plays right away. Uh, I think that Jair Hill could be a guy that that gets some early playing time. Uh, I like the, the length of a lot of the corners that they brought in. I think that that's going to be really interesting. Uh, I'm excited about the the linebackers. Samaj Bridgman in particular, I think, is going to be really, really good. Uh, but I got a little bit fired up here in Jim Harbaugh talk about guys like Jason Hewlett. I think that they have a lot of really high ceiling guys, but they are low floor type guys as well. So we'll see. And uh, finishing his out, how is Zuri liking the new place? Uh, so far, so good. I mean, we're only this again. This is a stopgap location for us. We'll find a forever home for both of us. Hopefully, come February or March. Uh, that's the hope. That's the goal. But uh, it's uh, she's feels at home. So that's the good thing. Uh, KRT at Farmer eighty four. A lot of people seem down on this recruiting class. I somewhat disagree. It seems very similar to other classes that have turned out great. Lots of good athletes with size and some playmakers. Throw in the transfers, and it's a great haul. What are your thoughts? And I inadvertently just answered that with uh, Jimmy's question. So, sorry. Let's move on. Uh, Brandon at Brandon S616. Not sure if I missed it somewhere, but I remember you alluding to some things Michigan had in mind for the Ohio State game. You said you'd share after the game. Care to share those? Uh, I brought that up last week. I think I had three people ask me that, and uh, I decided that I will share it in the offseason. That's, uh, I don't want to share it now. So uh, there's a reason behind that outside of, you know, the typical me not wanting people putting things on Instagram, people leaving things in the podcast. 
Uh, but I, I, I think that it would be best if I wait until after the season to share it. Uh, finishing us out in segment one, Jonathan Joseph at jjoseph2156. What's changed this year uh, with years past versus this year with transfers? Um, I don't know, to be honest, because I don't believe admissions has. I just think that Michigan's being decided to be more aggressive and I don't know the way they're selling guys that have multiple years of eligibility. I don't, uh, I mean, in the sense of less of the years of eligibility and more of the guys who maybe haven't graduated that aren't coming in as grads. I don't know what the difference is, to be honest. But they're being aggressive, and they know. I think it's just a recognition that they need to be, and I don't know what how they're pitching those guys. Hope to find out eventually here. So we're going to continue on here in a moment. Moment next but before we do betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and world cup we've got it all at betonline.net if you love sports podcasts you can even find those at betonline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we still have so many questions to get to. Also taking a holiday break out of our leaders and best. Wait, no, Victor's Valiant. Victor's Valiant. I'm on holiday break, even though I don't I don't have an actual holiday break. Uh, no Jim from uh, at Jim in the North. But uh, we're going to move right into it with Mark Z at Mark Zimke. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the differences, if any, from a team mentally when a transfer comes in versus a highly ranked freshman. Transfers seem to have not negative connotation, but it's all competition in the end. Uh, I, I think that certainly that can be a factor, right? Especially if you are a player, because you know that you're, you're going to get a recruiting class every year, right? You know that that's going to happen. There's going to be new players at your position 90% of the time, you know? So, but you you have to feel in those moments, like, if you're a player, like, you have them beat out regardless because you've got time on task. You've had those moments in the system. You've been through strength and conditioning and all of that. Whereas a transfer has already at least been somewhat developed. So when they come in at your position group, there can certainly be a pushback feeling because it's almost like the coaches are saying, hmm, we like you, but we also want to see how this other guy does. Now, if all goes to plan, if you're a college football team, those players embrace the competition and embrace if they and hopefully they have a situation where it's more like the more the merrier. I look at Ayabioki coming in, and I remember having conversations with some uh, reporters, uh, other reporters after he came in, and some were very concerned about it, 
for that reason. And I said, you know what? No, because it just makes your team better. And also I think the culture of this team is to, to say like, Hey, I don't need to be on the field every, every single down, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to have to earn it that much more. And, you know, if I want to, if I do want to be on the field, just about every single down, but I, I felt like they were going to embrace the Abbey and they have. And I think that's also a cultural thing, right? Is making sure that you find guys that have the right cultural fit. And I think that that is something we don't talk about enough because when has Michigan suddenly been really good when it changed the culture? You know, when I talk about some of those previous classes, collectively, whether it was because they arrived with a culture that wasn't great or it uh, they fed into it, that needed to change. There were some loafers around that were, especially some of the talented guys, that just were like, well, I'm, I don't need to worry about team culture. I'm worried about me because I'm talented. They weren't, it wasn't a team first scenario. This is, I mean, this is a team. There's no clicks or anything like that, that like there have been in, even in the Harbaugh years, it was really bad at the end of Hoke. Then it was okay at the beginning of Harbaugh and then it got bad again and then it got good again. So uh, culture is a major, major part. Will Mendoza at Willie Will 9. Have you interacted with uh, Desmond Howard before? How awesome is he? Uh, I had briefly. Ooh, and Josh Barr just got his question in a little late. We'll get to him next. Um, But uh, I had interacted with Desmond Howard before. Um, I was blocked on Twitter for a while by him. And I think it's because I met him at my, my first assignment really which was the photographing the spring game in 2015 and he was with uh, our mutual mentor Shelly Kovacs I took a picture of him and Shelly and uh, I posted it on Twitter and before I knew it I was blocked and I think that that was uh, I I asked him about it just when off air before we did the podcast if you remember that because he unblocked me a couple years ago thanks to a very public campaign that I launched Uh, but I haven't really interacted with him outside of that I've said hi to him like when I've seen him on the sidelines, but you know, it's, he's, he's usually rushing to one, one area or the other, but yeah, I mean, it was a, a dream to have him on the show. So that was, there's only one person I can think of that I want on the show more. And he agreed to do the show, but uh, we've never made it happen. So I, I don't think it's going to happen until I see that person in person again. Uh, number two is the gap in time between the Big Ten Championship and the college football playoff a momentum breaker, or is it a good thing? For Michigan, I think it's a good thing because they're theoretically going to get healthier. But, yeah, I mean, you want to have momentum and everything, but maybe it helps TCU kind of forget their loss. Um, but I think for Michigan, it's a good thing. As, as long as you can, again, the culture part, staying locked in is important. And as long as you're locked in, it seems like Michigan is then you can weather that storm, but I, they're ready to go. I think that's the, the interesting thing is they, they don't want any more of this break than they have already. Number three, did we get a sneak peek into the future meaning uh, of the game with playoff expansion around the corner? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I not to, 
not really give you an answer. I don't know because <laughs> I don't know what that's going to look like yet and how that's going to affect the regular season and rivalries and things of that nature. All right. Let's go to Josh Barr at Jadakey getting in under the wire. If Michigan makes the title game and you get, uh, get to head back to your old stomping grounds, what are you looking forward to doing away from the game? Um, in LA, I haven't really thought about it other than going to Disneyland because I've never, I haven't been to Disneyland. And y'all know I'm a Disney person in my since 2019. Uh, so there's that. I'll go see family. My dad lives out there. I'll go see my dad. Uh, seeing some of my friends. Uh, seeing Phil Ranta, Neil Gargiulo, um, seeing some of those people if they're around, not out of town or whatever, uh, that will be cool. But other than that, like, I don't really have anything. For me, it's kind of more Michigan wins. I'm excited to see. I'm I'm thinking of staying out there because it makes more sense. Because otherwise, between having two long travel days, I'd essentially be home for like a day or day and a half, and then go right back. So I'm kind of thinking of just staying out there, going seeing the Grand Canyon, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm excited about that and just seeing the mountains and all of that stuff. Uh, all right. Moving on, uh, Jacob Shavaria, uh, at Shavaria. Can we get some Midwest college football final playoff final and semifinal location? So I don't have to pay $1,900 for airfare and lodging for two people, not including the tickets to the damn game. Detroit or Indianapolis should be one of the three locations every year. Well, Indianapolis was the national championship game last year. It would have been really convenient for all parties involved if Michigan could have just made that. So, at least that's there. But as far as the current playoff uh, semifinals, I mean, they're going to keep those the New Year's Six games. So, what I was rooting for, personally, just for ease of... I, basically, something like last year, Miami, not too long of a flight. Granted, it's not that much shorter than going to Arizona, but still, Miami, and then Indianapolis. That's perfect. You get to go somewhere warm for for a week, and then after that, you have a nice little drive for the championship game. Perry Mitchell at Perry Mitchell 08. Have you ever seen a commit to the head fake that Jair Hill did on Wednesday? I know I have, and I just can't think. I saw I read your question beforehand, and I can't. Like I'm just trying to rack my brain. I feel like there is someone. There are people that have. I don't know that anyone's really done it with Michigan, but yeah, I mean we've seen it. You've seen it happen uh, a few times with guys where. I mean, I, I was talking to Bryce Marich at the press conference today, and he was saying like. It, it was obvious. I mean, he had intel outside of that, but he was like, it was obvious when he released his top five and he like three of the schools he never even visited. So it's, it was fun. I had some fun reading some message boards, by the way, of people, Michigan fans upset with the top five after it happened, being like, even if he comes around, I do not want him now. All right, relax. Let's just take a breath, right? Kids are allowed to have fun. Uh, Spencer Whitmore at Spencer Whitmore. Do you have a favorite player memory from this season? Uh, I, my, they are definitely different. I don't know if I have particularly one favorite play. Uh, the Blake Corum, I can give you a few. The Blake Corum touchdown against Indiana. The, the first one. That was pretty cool or the only one. <laughs> uh, I think. 
Uh, that one was that was certainly one of my favorite memories. The entire second half of the Ohio State game, and uh, the uh, the back to back touchdown uh, touchdown runs from uh, Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum in the uh, the Penn State game. I think if I had to pick one favorite play, it would be the second Donovan Edwards touchdown against Ohio State because that was the moment. But uh, I, I think that my favorite memory of the season it came at the Ohio State game because this is the thing is it's it's about people too, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to recreate this and I'm going to have to back up for it. But uh, it was after one of the times when Michigan went up 11 uh, against Ohio State. Patrick Barron was walking past me, and I stopped him. You you might know Patrick Barron as the person I have a uh, rivalry on social media with. But uh, I, I said, how are we feeling, Patrick? And he just goes, ah. <laughs> that, was, that was all he did. It was so great. That's my favorite memory of the entire season. That was fun. Really, honestly, my favorite memory is on the, uh, from games is spending time with uh, the friends that I've made. Patrick Barron and Bryce Marich and uh, so many others. And Zuri's decided to join the show here. All right. Most likely because I made that noise. And, uh, you know, if you're watching, here she is. All right. <laughs> Ike Hamlin at Hamstand 87. What's your favorite strap? Strap equals gun. Um... I uh, I really like my uh, 300 blackout, my Daniel Defense 300 blackout. I haven't gotten a, uh, gotten a suppressor on it yet. That's my favorite one. But uh, I like my also my new-to-me Sig Sauer P320 X-Carry. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, Michigan question, how did we start getting folks out of the portal? When that was such a struggle in the uh, in the past, uh, and I obviously answered that. I'm not really sure. Um, I haven't got. I'll I'll get more clarity on that during bowl week, assuredly. Zan at Zanland. We know Michigan gives helmet stickers for national awards. See Moody's Groza. Who gets the Joe Moore stickers? Starters only, contributors only. Every OL on the roster. I would imagine every OL, every offensive lineman, because they all contributed one way or another in practice and scout team and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, I would imagine that the entire, maybe there's a delineation. That's something that I'll try to get an answer to as well. Adam Kasel at Adam underscore Kasel. What recruit are you most excited about? Which one most outperforms his ranking? Carmelo English is the one I'm most excited about. Maybe I just, when I see the the glitz and glamour of uh wide out, <laughs> I, he's the one, I just feel like he's going to be Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, as far as one out most outplaying their ranking, I mean, I could see Dewan Waller, Brianna. I mean, honestly, any of those guys ranked in like the 1200s, Hayden Moore. I don't know that there's one of them in particular, but I think that as they develop and they compete with guys who are already established, I, I, there's going to be at least one of them that suddenly where things click and catch on, you know, I think. That has me thinking. I just want to see real quick. Going into the 
2121 class. Okay. I was just curious where Rod Moore ranked. Because he was 506th in the country. And he's a starter now. Um, anyone below him, really, beside Andrew Anthony, hasn't really done anything, although Jaden McBurrows has been injured. I'm excited for him, thinking about uh, the 2021 class. Looking at 2023, if I had to pick one in the, that is going to outperform the ranking, I mean, Kendrick Bell's probably a safe assumption. He's in the Bell family. It's going to happen. Uh, U of M Clips and Bolts at U of M Clips Bolts. Did you used uh, to score predictions, used to do score predictions on Fridays back when I would listen on college commutes? I feel like you would. Um, I did for, for the Michigan game, and I feel like on Friday, well, I might have actually done them for all of the, the Big Ten. I did. This year, I, I didn't do them as much. I just, I don't know why. Um, P.S. What is your favorite Christmas gift you ever received? Try one from different age groups like childhood and adulthood. I tried to think about the childhood because I saw this as I was putting this together and I couldn't really think of anything that really, I'm sure there's something getting a computer, my first like computer of my own, which was a gift from my grandparents when I was like, I don't know, 13, 14, something like that. That obviously was huge. I mean, that was like incredible. Um, adulthood ish. This is in college. My mom got me a touchscreen remote, and that was like a not really a thing that I even knew existed, except for I think I saw it in the movie Hitch. That was like the thing I never knew I always wanted. Um, I know, like the the Christmas was always the big one where I got something great. So it's hard to really hone in on one, unfortunately. Um, yeah. All right. Finishing us off in segment two is Anton Sesmita Mangala at Sesmita Mangala. I absolutely get old school Michigan vibes from this current team. I remember as a kid watching the 97 team, and I feel the same level of excitement now as I did back then. I also feel like Michigan is playing the long game with the way they recruit and use the transfer portal. Um. And I, I didn't watch 97. I, I've certainly watched, I think, probably 96, and I know I watched 98. Um, but uh, I, I missed out on 97, which, like, I had a former high school classmate that played on the 97 team. He was like a, he was like a walk-on, but, um, yeah. So it was kind of sad that I didn't because his dad was also one of my teachers, so in 97, no less. Um, number two, I feel like there's more of an emphasis on culture and getting players who can be developed than just seeking out stars. What are your thoughts? And I inadvertently answered that, but yes, I think that that is one of many components. Also have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. And Merry Christmas to you. Uh, we have more, plenty more coming up next. All right. On to the final segment, and we're going to try to keep this brief because we don't want a 45-minute episode. Certainly, I could do that, but... James Kovaleski at Coach underscore Kovo. Listen to a TCU football podcast today, and J.J. McCarthy was referred to as uh, Rich Man's Brock Purdy. What do you think J.J.'s draft stock will be whenever he comes out? 
if he continues the upward trajectory, I mean, I, right now I would say, I mean, not right now, right now, but like he's probably trending towards being like a third round draft pick right now. If he could mix the the high level throws that he has been making the last couple of weeks with the accuracy he had earlier in the season, then he'll be a first round draft pick. And he doesn't make a lot of mistakes as far as make throwing turnovers, throwing interceptions. So that's a good thing. Uh, I think it will help that he's in a pro level system. I think now Brock Purdy is pretty good, right? I mean, yeah, obviously went out and won against the Buccaneers for the 49ers. I don't think that they're giving JJ. They they've just TCU. I don't I I don't know why they don't just look at Michigan and and realize it's a daunting task. TCU fans. Um, then again, I feel like I probably did the same thing to Georgia last year. So I guess that's just kind of what you do. Uh, Jerry at Blue Heron three. How does winning back to back Big Ten titles make high school recruiting worse? Uh, a lot of it has to do, I think, with just the uncertainty. Uh, when Jim Harbaugh was leaving the program, right? Like just, he tried to take a job in the NFL. It wasn't like the NFL was just interested in him. He tried to take a job in the NFL. So that created some uncertainty that needed to be kind of figured out, you know, recruits that otherwise probably would have been in the fold. were like, I don't know if this guy's going to be there. So I'm just not going to go there. And then, you know, on Wednesday we went through how, you know, it can take a little bit of time. Clemson won a national championship and scored and got the 17th class in the country. So it happens, you know, back-to-back college football playoffs. Uh, and then one being a national championship, 16th rather. The 11th ranked class for 2016 and the 16th ranked class after winning the national championship with no early signing day. So. It happens. Uh, all right. Nick Aaron at Nick Aaron 27, where the chances Clell Mullings can turn into Hassan Haskins 2.0. It's possible. And I think it's interesting. Just, you know, we talked to him the other day and I asked him like, what, you know, what specific about being a linebacker does that, you know, that translates to being a running back. And he's like, well, you can kind of understand the way that teams are playing you. And then obviously he's not afraid of contact because he was a linebacker. Is it possible? It, it is probable. I, at this point, I would say no. I mean, we haven't really seen him break like long runs. We just saw him have a couple of good short yardage ones. So let's pump the brakes on that until we see him maybe start averaging four or five yards a carry. Because we were seeing that from Hassan relatively early. And Donovan, we trust at Blue Life, Blue Four Life Eight. Um, all right, I lost my part on the page. Besides the game itself, what are you looking forward to the most for Bowl Week? Uh, sunshine, mountains, not being freezing. Um, there's that. I don't think there's a lot of events, and I don't really know what there is to do in Phoenix. But I'd say that the the camaraderie the uh, between me and my colleagues, the on three guys, uh, Chris Ballas, Clayton Safey, Anthony Broom's not going to be there unfortunately. Um, Zach Shaw from Twenty Four Seven Sports, um, 
the the banter that I have back and forth with Ryan Zook and Aaron McMahon uh, is is awesome as well. Angelique, just getting to be around them. The hospitality suite, staying in the media hotel, which I love doing. The hospitality suites right there. Seeing if things get crazy like they did in 2018. They got crazy, and I don't drink, so it was fun being the sober person there. And I went out um, <laughs> with Mike Martin and uh, Hallie Wagner. Uh, sorry, Wag- Wangler. Wow, Hallie Wangler, and uh, and uh, Chelsea. Um, can't remember the L- LPGA Tour golfer. Can't remember last name offhand. All of a sudden. Um, but I went out with them and I came, I was only gone for like two hours, but it's after the media party, we get back and the entire collective of the media was lit. <laughs> it was, it was jarring and hilarious and I have videos and it is amazing. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. David Hakamaki. I hope I'm pronouncing that right at Dave Hakamaki. Which position is Michigan's Krypton? Uh, it's heading into the twenty twenty in heading into the twenty twenty three twenty four season. And how do you fix it? I don't know that there is a position that's Michigan's Krypton. Like uh, from the other team, um, I, I think as far as it in on its own team, I would like to see more consistency from the outside uh, wide receivers, in the passing game. Obviously, great against Ohio State. I'd like to see it be a little bit more prolific. Yeah, in general. I know they haven't necessarily needed to, but in some games when they tried to, it wasn't working. So I'd like to see it be more prolific. So that would be it. Um, wide receiver. Uh, Pat Hauser at Pat Hauser. Predictions or thoughts on who will enter the draft early versus return? Uh, Javon Green, I'm going to say stays. Trevor Keegan, I'm going to say stays. Carson Barnhart stays. DJ Turner, I would have said go, but I, I'm, you know, I, I think that there's a chance he stays. Zach Zinter, it sounds like he's probably going to go. Chris Jenkins, I'm going to say he stays. Um, and then Blake Corum, it's 50 or 50. I get the feeling he might stay. We'll address that momentarily. Uh, I'm assuming Smith, Morris, and Colson are entering the draft. Colson can't enter the draft. He's a second-year player. Um, Colson's around for at least one more year. Uh, Hayes and Schoonmaker already confirmed they are entering the draft. Yes, that's right. So there you go. Um, go Blue Carl at Go Blue Carl 4227 or Ohio State and Michigan State falling apart. I think that's a little hyperbolic. Uh, Michigan State just did a pretty good job in the recruiting trail, kind of given everything. They've gotten a lot of trans, they're getting some transfers and stuff in the fold as well. Um, but you need the development part if you're Mel Tucker. Ohio State still has one of the top classes in the country. Yeah, they're losing guys. If they get embarrassed by Georgia, that won't help. But the problem is is they still are talented enough to beat most of the teams on their schedule. If you're going 10-2, and 11-1, most, most every year, or even 12-0 and 0, like they have tended to kind of go, then, you know, you're not, they're not falling apart. But they are in danger of it. Gary Richardson at G Richardson 747. Any chance at Travis Hunter? No, he's going to Colorado. Sorry to tell you that. Mitch at Michigan Mitch 08. Should Corum stay or declare? Now, here's the thing. I have a feeling he's going to end up staying. 
kind of missing out on the best parts of the year. And I think that eats at him a little bit. And I think he's kind of more like in that Jake Butt, Jordan Lewis mold. Definitely could go pro, but might not. I think he, I've seen someone say, uh, someone reputable say he's not a first or second rounder. I don't, first rounder, probably not because I don't think running backs are first rounders anymore. Second rounder, probably. And I still abide by the Dan Mullen school of thought. If you're a third rounder or better, you should go. Anything below that, go back to school. I still abide by that. But, you know, you can't hate a, hate a guy that's just like, I have more that I want to give. Aiden Hutchinson, Jordan Lewis, Jake Butt. I think it's a good, it's a, you can't go wrong with it generally. Even if you, I mean, Jake would tell you you wouldn't do thing, anything differently. He's come on this podcast and said it multiple times. I've got really weirded out by these shadows. If you're watching, the shadows are Zuri walking in front of the lights. Um, since they're not ceiling mounted. Finishing us out. David G. Van Reenen at X Nihilo. Nil 07, whatever. I don't know how to say that. Cool name, though. Do you think there could be an upside with the lower rank class because maybe NIL situation filtered out some players that are not the best fit? I, I didn't think of it that way, but in a way, you could be right. Because, again, Michigan has a team right now, a team, all pulling in the same direction, not about themselves. Uh, I feel like we got some great dudes in this class that are going to be a big part of keeping this thing going. And I think that, that some of the guys that Jim Harbaugh has talked about and others have talked about as being leaders are some of the more mid guys as far as the ranking is concerned. Samaj Morgan. You know, that them being a leader. You know, some of these other guys that maybe aren't as outspoken but can be really, really good as far as that's concerned. So, all right. We ran out of space on the on the camera because I haven't deleted pictures from games yet since I haven't transferred them because of the move. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for watching and or listening. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.